0: Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Wednesday, May 31st. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Missouri libraries could lose state funding if they do not follow new rules regarding what children can check out. Librarians say the regulations are a huge burden and have encouraged hostile behavior from the public.
1: The number of people that we've had come into our public libraries and start berating staff for just doing their jobs because they have this misconception that the library is providing explicit material to minors, it's a huge
0: drain. We'll hear how the new rules will affect children's access to books in just a few minutes promising a high level of public safety for everyone in the region Gabriel Gore has taken the oath of office as st. Louis's new circuit attorney st. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Littman reports
1: Gore is a former federal prosecutor and member of the Ferguson Commission Governor Mike Parson tapped him to the circuit attorney post on May 19th after Kim Gardner abruptly resigned earlier than expected Gore says he is thankful to Parson for the opportunity to restore trust in the office it is a responsibility that I accept knowing that failure is not an option. Gore's first priority is staffing. Prosecutors from six neighboring counties have offered help and Gore says a number of former assistant circuit attorneys have reached out to him about returning to the office. I'm Rachel Lipman. St. Louis Public Radio.
0: St. Louis County Executive Sam Page has vetoed legislation restricting people from walking or running on county roads. The bill would have barred people from county roads if there's a nearby sidewalk. Page says it could have posed hardships for people with disabilities. Councilman Ernie Trakus says the veto comes despite similar regulations in some municipalities. And so for Sam Page to ignore that, um, is a slap in the face to the people who live in unincorporated St. Louis County. Tracas says the bill faces an uphill battle to be overridden since that would require votes from five council members. Only four voted for his bill. Page has also vetoed a measure to scale back a prohibition on selling tobacco 1,000 feet from schools. He says the restriction could curb smoking among young people. Councilwoman Shalonda Webb says not one extra cigarette would have been sold because of her bill. She says it would have allowed some store owners to sell without taking a huge loss or possibly closing for good. The U.S. Army Corps of Engineers is again saying Janna Elementary School is safe. St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grunkey reports.
1: Army Corps officials released a third and final report on the Hazelwood Elementary School. The report is focused on soil testing the Corps did at the school over multiple years, including last fall. That was soon after the Hazelwood School District closed Jana after a private firm said it found radioactive contamination at the school. Jana Elementary is next to Coldwater Creek, parts of which are contaminated with Manhattan Project Waste. This Third Army Corps report came to the same conclusion as the first two, that Jana Elementary is safe from a radiological standpoint. The Corps will hold a public meeting to talk about the results next week. I'm Kate Grumke, St. Louis Public Radio.
0: Illinois lawmakers are not extending the state's private school scholarship program. The Invest in Kids initiative gives residents a tax credit for scholarship donations to private schools. The $75 million program is set to expire in January 2025. Supporters still hope they can pass an extension during the legislature's veto session. That's in October. Republican State Senator Sue Resin says it would benefit students.
1: Give them a chance to go to a school that provides them with opportunity and choice.
0: Democratic leaders have not come out strongly for or against the program. Lawmakers in Illinois have also passed two measures aimed at increasing religious equity in public institutions. Mawa Iqbal has more.
1: The Faith by Plate Act would require places such as schools, hospitals, and correctional facilities to offer kosher and halal meals. These are foods prepared in accordance with Jewish and Islamic laws, respectively. It would be a misdemeanor for a vendor to falsely represent their food as kosher or halal. Democratic Senator Ram Vilivalam spearheaded the effort. In a release, he said the legislature is, quote, recognizing the cultural needs of our community. The second proposal, called the Faith Behind Bars Act, Would require correctional facilities to allow access to leaders of any faith to offer spiritual support. The facilities would also be required to provide items like reading materials and prayer mats. The bills now head to the governor.
0: I'm Mawa Iqbal. The Missouri Secretary of State's new rules for libraries are now in effect. Libraries are banned from letting minors borrow materials without parental permission libraries could lose state funding if they do not comply. Missouri Library Association President-elect Kimberly Muller spoke about the new rules with reporter Nomeen Ujadeen.
1: How will the new rules change librarians' work? Honestly, I think there's still a lot of confusion regarding that question. I think the frustration from many librarians is we wish that you could know looking at the rule if you were in compliance or not, but the language is so vague it's really hard to tell. Obviously, providing minors with obscene material is already illegal um, and it's also something that violates librarians professional standards as well. So it's not something that I believe librarians or libraries have ever been doing in Missouri. So trying to figure out, okay, well, is this a personal interpretation of age appropriateness? Whose interpretation then is it? Is it the secretaries of state's interpretation? Um, And how do we make sure that we're actually complying. It could mean a huge amount of change for libraries if libraries have to have unique profiles for each child that enters the library to know exactly what a particular family deems to be appropriate or inappropriate if displays that are available need to be curated in a more censored manner. And so we're getting questions saying like, can we have a pride month display this year or does that violate this policy? And we just don't have an answer to that. Most libraries that I've talked to are considering revoking library cards for anyone under the age of 18. So for all minors and requiring parents to come in and reaffirm the fact that their children could still use the library. So how would that impact minors' access to library materials? I think it impacts children going into summer reading. So if a kid goes to the library thinking they're gonna check out books for their summer reading program and that they're gonna continue learning over the summer when school's not in session, but then they find out they can't actually and that their parent has to come back to sign waivers again, um, it might mean that for an extended period of time, that child can't use the library and can't even be in the library. So I know when I was a kid, I read and watched stuff that my parents probably didn't want me to read or watch. Um, do you think these new rules will be effective at keeping materials away from kids who really want to access it? I don't. And honestly, that's because I don't believe that the children in this generation are getting those materials from the library. I think most of the kids I know have a smartphone. And if they're finding things on TV at home or if they're using a phone. Um, Again, it's a parent's responsibility to determine what level of restrictions are appropriate for their family and their kids. But I don't think that the library is necessarily the place where if you're trying to be rebellious, you go as a kid. So how do these new rules make librarians feel? It's very disheartening the number of people that we've had come into our public libraries and start berating staff for just doing their jobs because they have this misconception that the library is providing explicit material to minors, um, it's, it's a huge drain. And library staff throughout the state are vastly underpaid and vastly short staffed. Most libraries in rural communities have a single person on staff. And so when you have one person that's trying to juggle all of the balls in the air that keep a library running from purchasing materials and cataloging them, making sure they're shelved, working on programming for kids and to add more responsibility on top of that really huge pile is just another straw on the camel's back. Missouri Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft has said that he doesn't intend these rules to limit access to books about certain topics like LGBTQ issues or race. How do you feel about that reasoning? I think it's an inaccurate statement. What we have seen is that the challenges that are being brought to libraries are largely based on three categories, race and racial identity, LGBTQ identity, and language. And so those materials don't fit the legal definition of what's being proposed in this rule. And they are being removed from shelves. Whether or not the Secretary of State intended for this to be the outcome, it is the outcome.
0: That was Missouri Library Association President-elect Kimberly Muller speaking with reporter Nomeen Ujadeen. Ashley Lissenby is the news director of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt.